0: hitting off topic here yeah. but are we not just pushing kids through anyways well i Especially know we absolutely 20, are 20, that happens.
1: come to 22 that happens that that uh that happens in a lot of different schools we're not going to just say that it happens just one place it's happened all over the country sure. because some people say this and i've heard this said well hey um it's not going to be up to me to teach them the world is going to teach them yeah, but that's, that's the wrong attitude as well. that's the wrong attitude well. to have, but that's and, the reality.
2: And, and you, know, I, I, you know, rightfully so. Like I said, I know that when I started in education, I did not have a full grasp of the uniqueness of a campus, which is why I really, really balk at the idea of putting a, an armed officer on every campus, because I know that not all of them are trained. Not all of them have been in that environment. And, you know, what I'm getting at is that there's so many other things that we could have done rather than mandate putting officers on every campus without the funding. I will say this on the record, I would have preferred that the mandate been a clinical psychologist trained in CPI, trained in de-escalation, trained in uh, you know, behavioral intervention, trained in uh, behavioral threat assessment. And management of that child okay. been the been the New the uh, you know been the New mandate money. rather than an officer. I will say that, and I will stick to my guns because I mm-hmm. believe in the data, I believe in the science, you're I believe in the research. You're not going to pay that
1: clinical psychologist fifty thousand dollars, though.
2: No, but you're not going to pay an officer fifty thousand. I, mean, I mean, you it's, know, it's, it's... our our average officer, you know, level one officer, we had nineteen of them. They're making about $62,000. You're not gonna pay that
1: clinical psychologist $60,000 I dollars, know either. that.
2: And so, okay, think, so about, I'll, think,
1: I'll, think about the funding, right? We talked about the funding. There are so many things that are needed in education. There are, there are, there are resources to drive instruction that are needed. There are, there are um, um, better equipment needed. There, is, there are technology upgrades that are needed. And that's just the resources that the students have. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if those students have a, a tablet that they really just need to just toss those in the river and get new tablets. There's a lot of things that we need to do in education that is being done in the real world. Those yeah. students at home having that great technology, and then they go to school, and the technology is crap. Yeah. What are they going to do
0: with that? I think that it's a little ironic that we're going with law enforcement officers for this one thing. And I know you're going to laugh when I say this, but Uh-oh. how many times have we heard that this is a school, not a prison. Hundreds that, of times. That, you know, we talk about just trying to put a fence. Like, oh, yeah. I, I know you know what I'm talking uh, about right now, right? Which one? I, well, I mean, the one most times. recently we just had yeah. a meeting with, and we're talking about how it was a very open campus, right? And they were exposed all from every which every, way. Every, every side, every. all four sides. You can drive a vehicle, you can walk, you can bike, Drove. you can have dogs in there, you can do everything, right? And it was one hundred percent anti-fence. We will not install any fencing. We don't. It cannot be a a, a, a prison, right? And what are we doing? Well, but this We're is the same armed people who, in uniforms on campus. Uh, what does every prison have? Oh, Guard, armed guards, guards. guards. Yeah, but <laughs> right? let's backtrack. I, I mean,
2: it's this is the same client that had armed. Uh, educational staff <laughs> who didn't even know who the other armed educational staff were. What? There's no deconfliction policy. That's priority number one uh, in my assessment. You don't even know who friend or foe is. Yeah. Right. Well, not only that is amongst each other on the campus internally, they don't know, and then responding agencies, because we damn sure know that. Responding agencies are going to self-deploy, which they've done in every single incident. That's a whole nother topic that we need to discuss. Uh, We need to have some discipline in that space. Now you've got multiple armed staff who don't even know who each other is. And they don't train together. And they don't train together. We don't really know what their capabilities are because there is no plan in place. And now you have have responding officers showing up, seeing an armed individual in plain clothes with no deconfliction policy somebody's going to get shot. So if they
1: do, let's just say, let's just say we're, we're, we're on a campus that has school marshals, right? Mm-hmm. They all, they take 80 hours of prep. They pass a psych eval every six weeks. Okay. You know, I know that's extreme, but, but you know, nuclear physicists do it every 30 days. Okay. But let's say they do that and then they don't know who it, each other are. Well, think about this situation. There's a there's a gap there. There's something we're not even mentioning. There's a campus action plan that's supposed to be in place. So you would think that if they're going to have a marshals program, not at these places. So. Yeah, well, where, <laughs> but, What place are you at? <laughs> action plan. If they're going to if they're going to have if they're going to have a marshals program, let's just say that. Okay, um, um, Miss Miss A is in the A Hall. Miss C is in the D hall, Miss B is in the F hall, Mr. Mr. F is in between C and D hall. And so, at that point, hey, let's do a drill together because we are the people who are carrying. No. That, that would make sense though. Well, I, I mean, but we're making talking about, sense and-, and <laughs> We're not talking about reality. We're talking about <laughs> okay. what makes sense. And so,
2: if that's something that you're gonna do, and, um, well, it doesn't make sense to write legislation to put an officer on every campus and not fund it either. Well, that doesn't make sense. But we've already we
1: have we have talked about that, and I feel like that. It's not going to be a resolution
0: of that. No. And no. I also
1: think that we just, it's well, about planning, too.
0: Let's let's go down
2: another rabbit hole. That, well, I, that Before we do
0: that. Bef- but I want to put you in the hot seat for a minute
2: okay. on that. All right, hold on to that. Okay. Because I've got a challenge for David Reedman. You guys know who David Reedman is, right? Yeah, the researcher. All right, yeah, David Reedman. Okay, this is our challenge. What <laughs> I want you to do, because you're fantastic, you're the absolute best, right, mm-hmm. at research. What I want you to do is do research on... School districts or individual campuses that have uh, have a martial program or have armed teachers uh, versus those that have not, and then compare political affiliations with the surrounding areas. (laughs) Come on, man! No, that's legit. I can answer that for you already. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, I want (laughs) numbers, though. You want numbers? Well, well, well. Because I I can say it, because we know. But me just saying it is not a valid argument. If we have David do the research, yeah, then I, I
0: can... I mean, I'm all for it, but hopefully he can find someone who actually, you know, puts it out there that they have a school marshals program, right? Lot well, of those, they, all, they all have to put it out that they have
2: a school marshals program.
0: Yeah, but in what way? They have to let the parents know or the general the public. public know, right? Yeah. And it's so all it's all not public.
2: necessarily like
0: a database of that. I, I don't know. It has to go be on record. They have to approve it, but it's on
1: record with the district, not necessarily.
0: We already have seen an attack on school marshals, right? There's been already so many insurance companies this year that have come out and said, "Absolutely not!" Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to have a marshals program, we're not insuring you. We're not insuring you, right? So now that's being dropped from the insurance company. So that's becoming less and less. So let's get
2: back to you putting me on the hot seat.
0: Yeah, so we have these officers, right. right? Oh gosh,
2: and uh, you're going to get me in trouble,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. We have these officers and they may or may not have the training for a long gun yes. and what happens if their department doesn't give them a long gun, right? And now they're on this extra job, the only thing they've got is a pistol and they're up against
2: armed people who with, a with a gun. long gun. They're at a disadvantage. Huge disadvantage. Which right? is why we contracted out our services to the local sheriff's department. Men and women at that, at that sheriff's department do a fantastic job. And that's the truth. Um, one of the things that I identified when I first got to our district was that, that exactly. You are at a disadvantage if you don't have superior firepower. Now, unbeknownst to the majority of the United States, because our media does a really good job of sensationalizing uh, you know, active shootings that occur with an AR-15 because they want to demonize that weapon. And I'm not necessarily saying I'm pro-AR or I'm against AR, but that is the truth. They demonize that. So I, I totally think that there's a reason why the Santa Fe shooting is called the forgotten shooting. It's because, guess what? That shooter didn't use an AR-15. He used a 38 caliber. Revolver and a shotgun, right? So it didn't catch the headlines that all the other ones did. Now, getting back to my point, I realized that right away, having been a tactical operations officer under the Special Operations Division at the United States Secret Service, superior firepower could be the difference between life and death and going home every night to your family. So I felt it as a duty and an obligation to our men and women in uniform that swear to protect our kids and our staff to supply them with a superior weapon because the sheriff's department only allowed them to carry a pistol at the time. And so what did I do? I assessed who was a certified long gun uh, instructor or long gun uh, carrier uh, that had gone through the proper training and then uh, we ran everybody through the training and I bought 23 additional rifles. I bought, you know, 23 um, uh, Palmetto State Armory, uh, 10 and a half inch barrel with a suppressor to reduce uh, stress on uh, the staff and the students because shooting inside of, you know, hallways very loud, especially with a long gun. So I bought suppressors, I bought slings, I bought electronic sights so that those officers could feel confident in their capabilities. Uh, if they had to take a long shot because, you know, if you haven't been in a school in a very long time, which a lot of our politicians don't or haven't, um, you know, one of them in particular, you know, Waller ISD, I'm going to call them out, they're a client of ours. Waller ISD has a main hallway that's 245 yards, 245 yards long. and That's only one other hallway. That's one hallway. You keep forgetting that I, that I walk every inch of the inch of three
1: floors of that building. <laughs> oh like,
2: man, that take forever. I'm but just, that's what I'm getting at just, is we have a duty and an obligation to make sure that those officers go home to their families.